Hey church, welcome to our Good Friday service. Here this morning we're going to take communion together, we're going to do a couple of songs and I'm going to invite Robin to uh, uh, bring a communion word here this morning as we celebrate or commiserate I guess on Good Friday and uh, so, so go and get yourself prepared, go and grab your emblems, your juice and your crackers or your wine and your bread or whatever you want to grab. And uh, we're going to do a couple of worship songs, invite you to enter into this, and then Robin's going to bring a communion word this morning. Thanks for being with us this morning. It's great to see you.
working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i can see it you're working even when i can feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i can see it you're working even when i can feel it you're working you never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I can see it, you're working. Even when I can feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working.
Hi everyone on this beautiful Good Friday. So good to see you all and I hope you're all doing well and looking forward to spending some special time together this Easter. I hope you've all managed to get out and grab those Easter eggs and those hot cross buns to share. We certainly all are being forced to get creative, aren't we, on how we do things during this time indoors. So enjoy this enforced downtime with your family. When visiting our daughter and her family in London over the past few years, we had lots of travel on the train system, particularly the London Underground Tube. And what I couldn't help but notice was the constant announcement coming over the loudspeaker system and the signs everywhere, mind the gap. They were referring to the gap between the train and the platform. Whether you're getting on or off the train, there is a gap about, oh, I suppose it's, I don't know, six to ten inches wide, I suppose, big enough for your foot to go down. And if you're not careful, you can step right into that gap. This could cause you pain, injury, or if you were to fall into it, you could also get stuck and would be quite easy to do, especially if you're not paying attention. As we reflect this Easter, particularly today on Good Friday, there's another gap that comes to my mind. It's the gap that exists between God the Creator and humans, His creation. This gap is what we call sin or wrongdoing. The Bible tells us in Romans 3.23 that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Many of us fall into this gap and experience pain and hurt and perhaps get stuck there, not even knowing how to get out. But we as broken, rebellious, proud, selfish human beings, we can keep that gap or distance between us and God. It might be deliberate, not wanting to get near God for whatever reason, or just unaware of what causes the gap, and not sure of how we're going to bridge it. God the Father loves each one of us, and he wants to draw near to us and be in a relationship with you and me. Not just for today, Not just for tomorrow, but for forever and for all of eternity. You can try and bridge the gap by working your way to God, as many have tried to do, or by doing lots of good things and being extra good yourself. That's all wonderful, but it won't get you there. None of us can earn our way to heaven to eternal life with God. In the days of the Old Testament, the Jewish law required the priest to perform various animal sacrifices where blood would be spilt to provide a temporary covering of people's sins or to atone or make up for their mistakes. I imagine this was a really messy process. The only way for God to bridge that gap between himself and mankind was to provide the ultimate sacrifice for our sin in the person of Jesus Christ, his son. God came to the earth himself in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to reveal God to us. He showed us through his life as a man the nature the character and heart of God the Father. If you want to know about God, look closely at the life and teachings of Jesus in the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, which give us the accounts of the life of Jesus. No one in human history has changed the world more than Jesus Christ. No one's teaching has had a deeper impact on culture, politics, morality, justice and human character than that of Jesus Christ. To bridge this gap of sin that separated people from God, Jesus gave his life as the ultimate sacrifice to pay the price for the sin of mankind once and for all. He did not deserve to die the horrific death on the cross. He'd done nothing wrong, committed no sin, broken no law, other than to declare who he was, the Son of God. 
In the day this was seen as blasphemy and the penalty was death. He was seen by the established religious system as a huge threat as he came with so many new ideas and principles that rocked their world. Many people were flocking to Jesus and his disciples to this new way of believing. So the religious leaders were feeling pretty threatened that they would lose their power over the people. The things Jesus taught were revelational and often confusing and counterintuitive to what people already believed and lived. The greatest commandment Jesus taught when asked by his disciples was this, simply to love God with everything we have, with our whole heart, soul and mind, and then to love our neighbours as ourselves. Jesus, who was totally free of any sin or wrongdoing, ended up being betrayed by one of his own and arrested, treated cruelly. He was hit, whipped, beaten many times, spat on and put under trial by the Romans. His sentence was death by crucifixion, which was a horrendous way to die. But why? I can only imagine what his disciples were thinking. Wasn't Jesus the promised Messiah, our Saviour? What's happening? How can this be? But God was in control. Jesus knew his time had come. When in the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples, he asked them to pray with him and for him as he wrestled with God's plan. We hear the agony of his prayers in Matthew 26. He says, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Unless I drink it, may your will be done. He knew in his heart that his purpose was about to be fulfilled, that he would go to his death as the living sacrifice for many. Earlier on, Jesus had warned his disciples that he would go to his death. In Matthew twenty twenty-eight, Jesus tells his disciples, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. I don't think they really understood what he was talking about at this stage. Jesus went to the cross that day and paid the price of sin for us all with his life so that we could have life and be free of the penalty of sin. He made the way to God the Father for every single living person. When Jesus breathed his last breath and committed his spirit into God's hands, the earth shook and the huge temple curtain curtain was torn in two. This was really significant because it was the curtain that divided the most holy place which signified the presence of God from the rest of the temple. Only the high priest could enter this place to make a sacrifice, and this was only once a year. No one else could get near to God. Why did God let Jesus die, you may ask, to do this, to give up his life in such a cruel way? Because of God's great love for us, for mankind, for you and for me. That's why. We can come to the foot of the cross whenever we like, not just once a year. The way is open. The gap is now closed. And we can experience forgiveness, love and the grace and mercy of God whenever we can. For those who loved Jesus and were there that day watching on, I imagine it was a very bleak and sad Friday indeed. For us also today, it's a sad day, but it's also a good Friday as it is such good news that we have a saviour who has redeemed us from our sin and made the way for us to come into relationship with our holy God. For those of us who are believers, we know that this isn't the end of the story. This is just a pause, as God is about to do the impossible to show the world who he really is. 
So why don't you go and grab your communion emblems. I've got mine just here. Whatever, whatever you're going to use today. It can be juice, wine, whatever you want. Bread, crackers, it doesn't matter. They're, they're, they're symbolic. And we're going to take a few moments shortly to reflect and meditate on Jesus and what he did for you and for myself as he gave up his life so that we could have that abundant life he promised. So I just want you to think about a couple of things. How can you stand for Jesus just as his disciples did for him, especially in these uncertain and uncharted days that we're now living in? How can your life give glory to him? How can you live out the greatest commandment he gave us to love God with everything we have and to love others well? And if you don't know Jesus today, if you're maybe watching this for the first time, and we welcome you here today. And um, maybe you're looking for a way to find your way to God. Know that the gap is closed and the path is clear for you. Maybe you got stuck along the path somewhere. Maybe you tried it before and you never could quite work out the path or fallen into that gap, not knowing how to get out of it. The Bible tells us in Romans 10 that everyone, everyone, not just someone, everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. Not just for today but for all eternity. And all you need to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Ask his forgiveness for your wrongs and your mistakes, for the pain that you might have caused others, and he will forgive you. You'll be washed clean by the precious blood of Jesus that was shed for you. Ask him to lead you in the life he has planned and purpose for you. And just as I finish, I want to read you this passage of scripture from Hebrews chapter 10. 19 to 23. We're going to have it on the screen for you. It's in the, from the Passion Translation. And then I'm going to let you sit quietly and reflect with your communion emblems. With your family, it'd be lovely for you all to take it together, take communion together, or just by yourself, wherever you are in your home. The juice or the wine that represents Jesus' blood that was shed for you, and the bread or the cracker, whatever you're using, representing his broken body, that he paid the price for you to be able to come into the presence and love of God the Father. So let me read this scripture and then we'll go to a quiet time. Hebrews ten nineteen to 23. And now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come right into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm, boldly and with no hesitation. For he has dedicated a new life-giving way for us to approach God. For just as the veil was torn in two, Jesus' body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to him. And since we now have a magnificent king priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced by faith that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood, to remove impurity, and we have been freed from an accusing conscience, and now we are clean, unstained, and presentable to God inside and out. So now we must cling tightly to the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Let's just reflect for a moment. Yeah.
Father God, oh precious Lord, we come before you today on this Remembrance Day, Lord, where we just pause in our daily lives and just think of you, Jesus, and the sacrifice you made for us. You gave everything for us, Lord. Your body was broken. The blood was shed for each one of us, and we thank you so much for that. Thank you, God, for giving us Jesus, for allowing him to bridge the gap so that we can come to you so freely and so beautifully each and every day, Lord God. We love you so much and appreciate everything you do in our lives. God, thank you for every blessing we have. Thank you for our families. Thank you for your amazing provision. Thank you that you have an amazing future and plan for each and every one of us, Lord. And we look forward to seeing your plan being outworked, not only in all of our lives, but in this church, across this community and across the earth, Lord God. We love you and thank you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed that experience. It's lovely just to take um, communion together. And I hope you um, brought your children into that as well because it's really important that they understand what Easter's all about. I was in the shop the other day and, um, you know, if I was an alien coming from another planet and I was wondering what Easter was about, I wouldn't have a clue of the true meaning of Easter because all it is I see in the shops is um, Easter eggs and chooks and bunnies and all those lovely things that we use to celebrate, but the true meaning of Easter is about Jesus. So I hope you're able to just take a moment with us today. So look, I would love to invite you to Bay Life Church Online on Sunday morning, 10.30am on Easter Sunday. We would love to see you there. And if you're in a a house church group, you may be able to zoom in with the other people and all have a bit of a connect and chat. It's so important. We're connecting with and encouraging one encouraging each other in this um, testing times. So um, have a great day and God bless. Mm